Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina min sayyati amalina man yahdihillah falamudillalah wa man yudlil falantajida lahu waliyan murshida wa ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah al-ahad al-qahhar وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون Indeed all praise and thanks belongs to Allah wa ta'ala alone We seek his help, his assistance and guidance in all things He whom Allah wa ta'ala guides there is none that can misguide him And he whom Allah wa ta'ala leads astray there is none that can guide him except through the will and permission of Allah Taala alone. And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashimi al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri. Wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Alhamdulillah, this is lesson 25, and today's verse is in direct continuation of the previous verse that we took last week, which was verse number 11. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ قَالُوا وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ قَالُوا إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُصْلِحِينَ أَلَا إِنَّهُمْ هُمُ الْمُفْسِدُونَ وَلَكِنْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ And if it is said to them, do not cause corruption on the earth, they say, indeed we are of those who are the rectifiers. Now today's verse is the second part, which is directly connected to it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in verse 12, unquestionably, indeed they, comma, Indeed, they, comma, they are the corruptors. They are the corruptors. But they perceive it not. Now, Imam At-Tabari, rahimahullah, who died in the year 310 after the hijri of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, what the fasad is, that they cause corruption, they cause fasad upon the earth, what this fasad essentially is, he says that the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they mentioned, that it is disbelief and acting upon sin. They cause corruption upon the earth. What's that corruption in its essence? That is disbelief and the second part, acting upon sin. And it was also said by Ar-Rabi' ibn Anas that those who sin against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on earth or orders that sin be performed then he has caused corruption on the earth. And he mentions that rectification on the earth and in the sky can only be done through worship. So they cause corruption upon the earth, upon this understanding, is that they do the sin, they perform it in this earth, and they command others to do it also. All of this is al-ifsad. All of this is corruption. Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah who died in the year, 671 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He says that this verse, the second part, verse number 12 that we're taking today, he says this verse here is a response to them. To who? 
Those who make this claim that we are only of the rectifiers, we only do good, we're not of the corrupters. He says this here is a response to them, a refutation upon them, that their statements are a lie. What they say, what comes out of their mouths, are lies. He also mentions, who's the he here? Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he also mentions that the masters of understanding, the masters of understanding, understanding what? Tafsir, the Qur'an, the masters of tafsir. Arbabul ma'ani. They say, whoever proclaims this statement has lied. Whoever proclaims this statement, whoever says it, that يعني, when they are told, don't be of those who cause corruption, and they say we're only of the rectifiers, whoever says this statement has lied. Those who state that we are only rectifiers from the hypocrites. Those who say that we are only from the rectifiers from the hypocrites, they are the ones who lie. They are truly the corruptors on earth. Walakin la yashurun. They don't feel it. They don't perceive it. They don't feel the fact that they are actually causing corruption upon the earth. Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah who died in the year 516 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How come you guys didn't get it? No, imagine that. <laughs> Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah who died in the year 516 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, they do not know that they are the corruptors because they think that that which they are upon from hiding their disbelief is actual goodness. They think when they are told don't cause corruption upon the earth from their disbelief and ordering others to disbelieve, when they are told that, then they say we are only of the rectifiers. So over here, they don't even know Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah, he says that they don't even know that they are of the corruptors because they think that that which they are upon from hiding their disbelief is actually goodness and uprightness. They think that they're upon goodness, they're upon islah, goodness and uprightness. Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he mentions that Ibn Kaysan rahimahullah said, it is also said, it is said, Ibn Kaysan rahimahullah, he mentions that it is said, what blame is upon the one that does not know that he is a corrupter? This is a question that could be asked, he says. What blame could be put upon someone who does not know that he is a corrupter? But rather, blame should be placed if someone knows that he is a corrupter, the one who corrupts upon knowledge. This is the shubha, this is the doubt. That how can any criticism be placed on the one who does not know that he is someone that's doing evil? You can only be critical, according to this claim here, you can only be critical of a person who knows that he is evil and does it. So he responds, who's he? Ibn Kaysan, Ibn Kaysan rahimahullah, who is mentioned, who's quoted by Imam al-Qurtubi. So Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says that this scholar has said this. So he's going to give you everything that Ibn Kaysan says. So Ibn Kaysan rahimahullah, he responds to this doubt. And he said that there are two possible responses to this. Two possible responses to this. The first is that truly they would perform corrupt acts in secret. The first is that they truly would perform corrupt acts in secret. And they would make apparent goodness and steadfastness. 
and they did not think that their affair, what they were upon, their true nature, would be made apparent to a Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So they were working, working on the darkies, right? And they generally, genuinely believed that what they were upon, a Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam wouldn't know. So they were acting in a malice, malicious way. They were acting in an evil intent because they knew that if Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had known, then this would be bad news for them. So they knew that what they were upon, in some essence of it, was bad because they didn't think that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would find out. But they still hid their beliefs and they hid their actions from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So they had some sort of يعني, understanding that if Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam knew what they were upon, then this would be bad. The second, يعني, the first is that they could get away with it, right? Because they were showing one face, but behind this veil of goodness, they are corrupting the community on the dark. Okay. The second possible response he mentions is that they genuinely held their corruption that they were perpetrating as goodness. They genuinely believed that what they were upon was goodness. And they could not perceive or understand that in reality. They genuinely believed what they were upon was goodness, but they could not perceive it. They could not perceive or understand that in reality, that which they were doing is corrupt. They disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger salawatullah wa salamuhu in leaving off the search for the truth and following it. They left off the search of truth to follow it. So this was their crime over here. That they generally believed what they were doing from the corruption on the earth was goodness. But where was their fault here? They stopped looking for the truth. They stopped trying to find the truth to act upon it. So over here, these two possibilities of how someone can be blameworthy for causing corruption, and this was summarized by Ibn al-Jawzi rahimahullah who died in the year 597 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The first يعني, summary of it, going over it, similar to what Ibn al-Jawzi rahimahullah has mentioned, is that they know they're upon corruption, they do it secretly, and they don't think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will expose them to a Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Yes? The second is that they did not know that they were corruptors, but rather they saw their actions as goodness. These are the two. And Allahu A'lam, my personal perspective on this, is that both of these are true. That there are some people who know the truth and are actually evil, like straight up evil. They know the truth, but they have wickedness in their heart. They know what's good, what's evil, and they choose evil. So that would be which of the two? The first one. Because they know what they're doing is evil, they just don't want to get caught out in front of a Nabi Wasallam. They don't want to be caught out in front of the believers. And the second type is someone who's genuinely just messed up. Right? Someone who's lost his way, similar to what we mentioned about the penguins last week. Everyone remember that? Okay, good. Similar to what we mentioned about the penguins last week, some people are just genuinely messed up. Okay? If anyone doesn't understand that, go watch last week's lesson, have a bit of a laugh, and inshallah we see you next week. If you choose to come back after that one, because it would be like either yes or no, you know what I mean? It might be a deal breaker. Now, Imam al-Baghawi rahimahullah, he says that it has also been said that they do not know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for them in punishment. They don't know. They don't know. So the second alternate to this is the first is that 
they don't know what they're upon or they know what they're upon, they don't want to be caught out. But the second part, the second alternative to this, the third actually, Imam Baghawi rahimahullah, he says that they don't know, they don't feel what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for them in punishment. Now Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah, he mentions that this was revealed regarding the hypocrites, those who were in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He says, however, it is regarding all of those who are like them in their characteristics from the hypocrites who came after the initial hypocrites till the day of judgment. So this over here is something important. Yes, this the reason of revelation came for these hypocrites around the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this could have been an actual specific thing that happened. Don't cause corruption on the earth. And someone might have said from the hypocrites, we are only of the rectifiers. So this actually happened. One aspect of it. However, this continues. This thing isn't specific to only that one guy. Or the, that one group. It continues on, as mentioned by who? Imam Tabari rahimahullah. That it continues on. And it's applicable upon anyone who's upon those characteristics till the end of time. Yes? He later describes al-ifsad, corruption. And he goes into a bit of depth in it. It's about a page. I'm going to go through it nice and slow. Okay? Imam Tabari, rahimahullah, he's the greatest mufassir who ever lived. Okay? Imam al-mufassirin. The greatest mufassir. Okay? This is him. So we've got to give it some... Okay, I'm just going to G it up a little bit for everyone to just be patient with me. Okay. He describes corruption. Specifically corruption that is caused on the earth by these people. He says, causing corruption upon the earth, causing corruption upon the earth, is doing upon the earth that which is forbidden by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So causing corruption upon the earth, la tufsidu fil ard, don't cause corruption on the earth. How is this corruption done? Imam al-Tabari rahimahullah, he says, causing corruption upon the earth is by doing upon the earth that which is forbidden by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And by being heedless of that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us to observe. And to be heedless of that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered for us to observe. That is what the essence of causing corruption is. Al-Ifsad, causing corruption, this is the essence of it. And this is what is mentioned the clicking is getting to you. Stop clicking so like an angry guy, you know. Imagine you had the old school typewriter. <laughs> He's come back from a holiday, miskin, you know what I mean? Okay. He's <laughs> angry guy on a keyboard. Now this is the essence of corruption. Of causing corruption. And this is what is mentioned, Imam Tabari rahimahullah he says, this is what is mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his book. From what the angel said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قَالُوا أَتَجْعَلُ فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسِدُ فِيهَا And the angel said, are you going to cause, are you going to place upon the earth those who cause corruption upon the earth? Those who cause corruption upon it? يُفْسِدُ Causing corruption. Imam Tabari rahimahullah, he says what is meant by this, by this verse here, is those who commit that which you prohibit. That's the corruption that they're going to do. They're going to do that which you forbade. Those who will disobey you. 
So he later continues and he says, it's gold. It's genuine, it's gold. He says, and this is the description of the munafiqeen. This is the description of the hypocrites. This is the way of the hypocrites. That is how they are. Now he's going to show us the ways of the munafiqeen, especially those around the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And those who have those characteristics, that's the characteristics of the munafiqeen. This is what he's going to go into. Specifically in what? Not all of the characteristics, in causing corruption upon the earth. Okay, bismillah. They cause corruption upon the earth by disobeying upon it, upon the earth, their Lord. They disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on earth. By carrying out that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered them to restrain from. So they do, the first point here, is that they do that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbade. And they do it where? Ardullah, on the earth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. So this is the first point that they do. The second is they were heedless with his obligation, with his obligations, and squandered them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, awjab al-ashya, he, he put certain things as being mandatory, obligatory, that you have to do this. To be considered a believer, you have to maintain this. And if not, you're not considered a believer. Five pillars of Islam. You don't want to pray, you want to just make it into four? Fajr, just sack it? Too early? It's too cold? To be considered a believer, you have to do the, the bare minimum. SubhanAllah, I was watching a video, I think yesterday or the day before, and the brother was saying about someone who had passed away, he used to maintain his five prayers. Well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, right? It's not something I'm not trying to like limit it or anything like that. Right? I'm not. But that's the bare minimum. That's the bare minimum of being a Muslim. You have five pillars. Do what you're a Muslim. Do what you're not. Five pillars. That's all you have to do. It's literally me saying, someone his eulogy after he died, and he breathed quite well. He drank his water in sips. That's the equivalent. You want to be considered a Muslim? Then do these obligations. That's He used to pray the nights. That's something. He used to be sawam qawam, someone who fasted, someone who was standing continuously in prayer. He never, he foregoed witr, something from the extra voluntary actions. But the bare minimum for our community now, he used to pray fajr. It's like, it's like taking fakhr, genuinely. It's, this is the sad state of affairs. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to demean fajr by any means. Don't get me wrong. It's something that's very important, right? But it's genuinely taking pride in your name. You know what I mean? That your name has like four syllables in it, or two vowels in it. It's, there's nothing in there that's like bragworthy. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his forgiveness, Ya Rabb. So they were heedless with his obligations. They were easy going with it. They didn't really care about maintaining these obligations. It wasn't a priority to them. 
And they squandered it. Whatever left, khalas, who cares? Zakat? I paid it. I paid it. How much was it? I paid it, I paid it, don't worry. Now, he continues and he says, they had doubts in the religion. And we mentioned this last week. Last week or the week before? The week before. They had doubts in the religion. The religion that does not accept any action except that one believes in that action. That one has full conviction in its truthful nature. So for instance, you're fasting, right? But you have two forms of doubt. So for instance, we just had the fast of what? Ashura. Okay. So if someone fasted it, but had shak in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, did he actually exist? I'm being serious, right? Did he actually exist? Is his fast over here going to be accepted? He's doubtful in essence of what? The religion itself. Or does Allah exist? He's doubtful of the actual action then? What's the point of this whole thing? And he goes into a little يعني, slippery slope. Or for instance, the greatest shak about Ashura, I just can't, I just can't, is that for some tawa'if, for the Rafida for instance, they say that this was an innovation that came from Banu Umayyah. Complete fabrications. I swear if they put that same type of meticulousness in their own works, it'd be funny. But they make these stories up that this was an action to diminish the role of Ashura, to make it a day of fasting. For them, it's haram to fast on the day of Ashura. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fasted it even when it didn't become, when it lifted off from being an obligatory action to being a voluntary action. He maintained that fast, he didn't stop. So over here, you have a shak in that action itself. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his forgiveness, Ya Rabb. So over here, Someone who does not have the conviction of the truthful nature of an action and has doubt in it, right? Did it actually come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or is it mumbo jumbo that came from يعني, the desert a thousand four hundred years ago? Do you get what I'm saying? So he's having shak, he's having doubt in it. Now, there lies to the believers. This is another thing that he's mentioned. And it's something that's important, right? If someone comes with mutaba'ah, following the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, and al-ikhlas, sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is what is meant by not having the full conviction. So if it's not doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if someone is not convinced, why would they do it? So it's either for family reasons, he doesn't want to get caught out by his family. Why, why didn't you pray? Because he's going to get a kaf, he's going to get slapped. And why didn't you pray? Imagine you tried to do that in your father's home, and your dad asks you, did you pray? And you'd be like, nah, sack that. <laughs> No, I don't want to pray. Your dad's going to give you a kaf whether you like it or not. You're going to get slapped. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate, but that's... No? That's just... Desi household? <laughs> it was, no? No one got thrown a chapel at their house? No. Okay, now. So, يعني, mutaba'ah and ikhlas. Following the sunnah of the Prophet And the second thing is what? Ikhlas. Sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the only way that something's going to be accepted. So these people don't have that second aspect. That's why it's something that's so problematic. Everyone getting that? Okay. Then their lies to the believers by their proclamations, their statements that did not reflect that, that which they were upon from being firm in their doubt and uncertainty. From their doubt and uncertainty. So they're saying that we are only of the rectifiers. We, are, we believe, but they actually don't believe. 
right? And they're causing corruption upon the earth. And then their assistance to those who are vocal in the opposition to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his books and his prophets against the allies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whenever they had the chance. The munafiqeen, subhanallah, whenever they had the chance to harm the believers by allying themselves with the kuffar, they would do it. Whatever they could, they would try. Even to the point where if Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would go out in battle, they'd come out with him. And then just to demoralize the army, a third of them would turn back. Just to screw up with... Imagine you come out with a thousand people. Imagine. Or let's say 900 people, because it works out. Then we don't do three, 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 three. Right? 900 people. Right? A third of them leave. 300 people. Imagine that. You just cut into two-thirds. You got two-thirds left now. 600 people. And you're going to take on thousands. Where each person would have been valuable. But imagine they didn't come out to begin with. Khalas, you know what's going on. Right? It doesn't demoralize you as you're getting to battle. But that's the type of things that they would do. Any assistance they could give to the kuffar, they would. Then, he says, that is, who's he? Imam Tabari, rahimahullah. He says, that is the corruption that was caused upon the lands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the munafiqeen, the hypocrites. And they believed that what they do from their actions is rectification and fixing the earth. Imam Tabari rahimahullah, he continues and he says, what is the reward for them? What's the result of all of this? Right? Just because they don't, لا يشعرون, they do all this, they think that it's rectification. What's the result of their actions? Imam Tabari rahimahullah, he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not accuse them from his, from his punishment. They're not excused from his punishment. Nor did he decrease upon them the severity of what he has prepared for them from his punishment upon those who transgress him, those who sin against him. By their judgment, that by them disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they were rectifiers and upright. So over here, Imam Tabari rahimahullah, he's saying that Allah is not going to excuse them from punishments just because they thought that they were rectifiers, because they're going against his law. They're going against his order. They're causing corruption upon the earth. And neither did he excuse them, nor is he lessening the punishment. He continues and says, but rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made obligatory the lowest pits of the hellfire, the lowest pits of his fire, and the most severe of his punishment, and he disgraced them in his statement. He's saying that this is eternally a disgrace for them, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described them as corrupters, وَلَكِنْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ They perceive it not. Now, <clears throat> from the statements of the Salaf, خلاص, that, that quote is done. I know it's a long one. We're done with that statement. We're all good? Okay. From the statements of the Salaf regarding this verse is the statement of Imam Mujahid, rahimahullah, that's also been mentioned by Imam Tabari, rahimahullah, and others, that when these people would sin, this is very careful, because this is, subhanallah, almost... Yani a carbon copy of everything that we see on social media today. Okay? This specific place over here. That when these people would sin, it would be said to them, do not do this, do not do that. Yani whatever action it was, don't do it. Why? Because it's haram. They would reply, Up, we are upon what? We are upon guidance. 
don't tell me how to practice my religion. In my heart. Only Allah can judge me. Why does he say that? He's confident that Allah can judge him. What is that? What is only Allah can judge me? Genuinely, what is it? It's not just arrogance. He genuinely believes that Allah's got him sorted. He, he, saw, he sorted with Allah. Only Allah can judge me. Who are you to judge me? Right? Why is this arrogance that I am good with Allah? I'm going to practice this religion how I see fit. I'm going to practice it in the way that it makes sense to me. I'm upon guidance. How dare you try to tell me that I'm not upon guidance? Subhanallah. Ashura. <laughs> right? Subhanallah. You try to tell someone with logic, with dalil, with anything, that you're causing corruption upon the earth. How? You're ruining and tarnishing the, the view of Islam with blood, self harm, whatever it is. You're harming Islam. We are upon guidance. We are upon guidance. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection, Ya Rabb. Now, Imam al Shawkani, rahimahullah, he mentioned something. 1250 after the Hijrah of the Prophet, وسلم, he died. He says something that's very interesting. Very, very interesting. He says that it is also plausible that the corruption of the hypocrites that they deemed rectification was what continued in their minds from the love of disbelief itself. They loved the disbelief and they loved to oppose Islam. He says that يعني, this was the ifsad, that they loved kufr, disbelief. And loving disbelief is something that comes in actions and how you perform your day to day. If you want to look like the disbelievers, you want to act like the disbelievers, you want to talk like the disbelievers, you want to see, be seen with the disbelievers, you want to be seen but doing that which the disbelievers do from their adat, from their culture, and what have you, you have a love for the disbelief. I'm sorry. If you want to look like them and you're ashamed to look like a Muslim, whether it's in your public life or your private life, then there is a certain love that you have and a certain... Yani imbalance there is. If you're ashamed of your beard or praying in public or not shaking a woman's hand, if you're ashamed of these things, these practical things, these day-to-day -day interactions where you have to live by Islam or you sell out, then it shows that you might have a love for something other than Islam here. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection, Ya Rab. Who remembers the position of Salman al-Farisi? Regarding this verse, these two verses, who remembers? This is like pop quiz. Who remembers last week? Come on, Razmir, you were here. Salman al Farsi, were you here last week? Oh, call, I come back from. You were at work, weren't you? Last week. Huh? It's about the people, not the people. Did you just control F? No. Did you just control F? Did you just search it? Did you just search it? I'm asking you on this marina masjid right now, my guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the document. You just have to press control F. You can search. Anyways, I'm not going to explain to you how a computer works right now. But anyways, the position of Salman al-Farisi, radiallahu an, that these verses are regarding a people who have not yet come. And we gave, يعني, briefly, an explanation of this. But a summary of the... Of, يعني, how to answer this position of Salman al-Farisi 
Because he's saying that this verse is regarding people that aren't here yet. So it's very interesting, right? So a summary to these answers, to the a summary to this question, to this uh, statement, was posed by Imam al-Shawkani, rahimahullah. 1250. 1250, the day that he died, the year that he died. Okay, so a summary, how do you answer this Statement of this Sahabi that this verse is not about the Munafiqeen generally, what the other verses are saying. There's almost ijma' that it's upon the dispel- upon the Munafiqeen, right? So, how do you make sense of Salman al Farisi saying that it's not regarding the Munafiqeen, it's regarding someone who's not here yet, right? So, okay, the summary to the question to the answer itself is this given by Imam al Shawkani, rahimahullah. He says, the first possible answer to this position is one. That one is that those who will come after will cause more corruption than those who were in the time of the Prophet wasallam around him. That the ones that the type of munafiqeen that are gonna come after this is worse than what we have now. Right? And this does not mean Imam Shawkani rahimahullah is saying that they did not exist in the time of the Prophet sallallahu He's just saying that what's coming is worse. That these types of people are going to be even worse than what they are now. The second is what is very unique. And no one, I, I haven't, يعني, going through this, I went through about 13 different tafsirs. Just يعني, on, this, on this one verse. And subhanallah, I didn't find anyone who mentioned something similar to this, and Allah knows best. Right? From Tabari, from Qurtabi, from Baghawi, from Rikathir. And so, have you, I didn't see it. Maybe I'm mistaken, Allahu A'lam. But Imam Shawkani, rahimahullah, he says something that's very interesting. And this is something that's not the major, majority opinion. It's something that actually goes, goes against what many of the Mufassirin said. Right? The second option. He says that it is also possible, it is also plausible. That Salman al-Farisi radiallahu an did not see that this verse was regarding the munafiqeen. But rather he was on the view that it was regarding the people of fitan. The people of fitan, the people of trials. Those who take it from their religion as worship to put their swords upon the believers, upon the Muslims. Subhanallah. He says, like the khawarij and Anyone else who believes that their corruption is goodness and rectification. And he says, and this is caused by corrupted doubts that he is faced with. I want you to think about this just for a second. I've got one more thing and then we're done. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Yani the verses here is, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا تُفْسِدُوا If it is said to them, don't cause corruption upon the earth. That's the statement that's here. This is the verse. Don't cause corruption fil ard on the upon the earth. Qalu muslihun. Right? Indeed, we are of the rectifiers. Allah humul mufsidun. Indeed, truly, they are the corruptors, but they don't perceive it not. So think about those who managed to kill Subhanallah Sahaba from the Khawarij. People who took pride in killing Ali radiallahu People who attempted assassination attempts at like for instance Amr ibn As and other companions. 
people who had the nerve to go against the greatest generation who ever lived. And when one of them would kill a Sahabi, they say that I am happy that I am going to face Allah with the death of this individual, this criminal. Who are they talking about as being a criminal? The Sahabi. Imagine how deluded you can become because of a doubt that comes in your, in your deen. To the point you become so deluded where you can kill the best person who ever lived at that time who was alive, yani. Because in the time where Ali radiallahu anhu was a khalifa, there was no one better than him at that time. The ones who were better than them, they passed away. Uthman had passed away, Umar had passed away, Abu Bakr had passed away, and Nabi Sallallahu had passed away. But imagine someone can kill Ali radiallahu anhu and think that he did something good. People that can kill Sahaba and they think they're doing okay. The Khawarij, what they did upon the earth, especially in the time of the Sahaba, in the chaos that they caused, and the amount of death and blood that they caused, the bloodshed that they caused, and all in the spirit of them saying, we are upholding truth, we are upholding deen, we are upholding the true Islam, and they were killing companions. SubhanAllah. So, لا تفسدوا في الأرض This is very interesting, this verse, subhanAllah, this, this understanding of Imam Shawkani, rahimahullah. So I thought, يعني, we've got to put that in there. Now, Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, who died in the year, 751 after the hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, the great student of Shaykh al-Islam al-Taymiyyah, he says, he mentions, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in these two verses detailed upon the hypocrites four banners. He's put upon them four descriptions, four things that they are upon in these two verses. The first, he has stated that they are liars. By doing takdeeb, by saying that what they are upon is, tr- is not truthful, they are now described, the munafiqeen, as liars. Right? Because they made a claim and Allah said, no, they're not like that. So over here, the first thing is that what they claim is not true, which makes them what? A liar. So the first thing, Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, he says that he has stated, Allah has stated that they are liars. The second thing that he has mentioned is that they are corruptors. Mufsidun. They are corruptors. The munafiqeen, they are corruptors. The third is the concentration of corruption and that they are the corruptors. So the concentration of corruption, afwan, from amongst them. Humul mufsidun. Over here the verse is saying they, indeed, they are the corruptors. The concentration, al-hasr. That it's concentrating and targeting these people as this is where corruption comes from. The munafiqeen. This is where corruption comes from. They are the true corruptors. And the fourth, describe them as the peak of ignorance. The fourth is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described them as the peak of ignorance because they do not feel anything in regards to their actions that they indeed are the corruptors. You don't even, you're doing something, you don't even feel what you, the reality of what you're upon, which is the peak of, peak of ignorance. And this continues, this understanding of the peak of ignorance, it continues on to the next verse. And insha'Allah, we continue on next week. Bi'idhnillahi tabarak wa ta'ala. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Wa jazakumullahu khairan. This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio 